The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to episode number 120 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You should follow them on the Twitter machine because it's free at Adam Candy. That's two E's, no Y, at Dustin Galker. You can follow me if you hate yourself at Matt Brown. M2, we're on every place that you find podcasts to so go in, subscribe, rate, and review. Really do appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all those different places. So that will help us out a ton as well, we'll talk about what's going on in Florida, Connecticut, Louisiana. Is there a new a new leader over at FanDuel? But Adam, let's kick things off here. Um, got a virtual G2E last year. This year, people are back in person here in Las Vegas. And the G2E uh, conference, haven't seen a ton coming out of it. Of course, we're still, you know, with the travel restrictions and stuff. I know there's usually a ton of people from overseas that come over here for this, weren't able to come. I had a couple of people reach out and say, hey, can't wait for next year so that we can all kind of connect and things like that. Of course, our our Megapod from two years ago is a massive success. And so we have everybody wanting to be on the Megapod for, for next year. But what did you uh, see over at G2E? Yes, and uh, my apologies to anyone who didn't get a Megapod this year. Our logistics were uh, were challenging, to to say the least. Um, but yeah, it was really um, it was a really warm sort of thing to actually go be able to talk to people in person again, right? To, mm-hmm. Even though, uh, you know, it's still masked and, and everybody is required to be vaccinated, it's a very safe environment. Um, that connection of being able to even just run into people that you didn't know were going to be there or you weren't expecting were going to be there. And guys, I have to give compliments to both of you. Uh, Nobody came up to me and said, love the website. People came up to me and said, love the podcast. And uh, we we apologize to the folks. We had a couple of weeks of uh, break time, but we're back at it now. Um, In terms of what came out of the convention, no, I don't think there's a lot of uh, major news. And I think Mm -hmm. that just speaks to the pace of news in the sports betting industry for the last three years. Um, It's all happening in real time right now. It's not like anyone can time up a bunch of information or launches uh, to go along with G2E. Uh, Everyone is competing in real time. Everyone needs to get any relevant information they have out there as quickly as possible when we're in this huge customer acquisition phase. And so it was great to, uh, you know, it was great to be on the floor and talk to people. And yet it wasn't like we were getting a lot of news air quotes out of the deal. Right. I mean, I went up to certain booths at G2E and looked at what sports betting related vendors had out and was like, oh, yeah, you had that two years ago, too. 
right? It's, it's not a ding on them. It's more just that anything that's even yeah. a year too old, we look at as, oh, that's old hat, right? Like, no, it's really not. It's just that everything is happening so fast in this industry that even things that are a year too old look ancient. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, again, I expect a much more normal G2E next year. When I say normal, you know, getting everybody from all of the gaming inter- entities all over the world. I mean, that was one of the things that was so unique and interesting, Dustin, about going over the last few years, of course, last year not being the the case, but going over the last few years before that was you really do these guys that you maybe only interact with over the Twitter machine or through email or whatever it might be because they live, you know, all over the, the, the world because gaming obviously is a global industry here. It is that one place where you could finally sit down and see some people face to face and share a coffee or a cocktail or something like that. And that was really the, the thing for me that I liked the most about it. I mean, yeah, we see the digital craps tables and the different things like that. And those are actually starting finally three years later, actually getting implemented <laughs> in Vegas. I like you see, I see a few of them now in the casinos. It took three years for them to, to make it into the floor. But hey, they're, they're on the floor now and whatnot. So you do see some interesting things like that here and there. But really, it's about the relationships. Yeah, I mean, some networking events and you know, sports betting, despite it's kind of getting old, it's still the shiny new toy in, in the gambling industry, especially when you're coming to Vegas and North America. So there's another conference, uh, SBC North America, late, uh, in the late November, early December, that I'm actually planning to go to, maybe, hopefully. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, G2E is also, I mean, if you haven't been, is a mammoth thing. It's a lot of slot machines. Have you, like, yeah. uh, there's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's on everything. So sports betting is not the focus. A lot of sports betting people are there. And I guess I mean, like, what was what was the vibe, Adam? Is was it like I've been to? Was it busy? Was it not busy? Were there a lot of lot of like what what else was going on there? Was it did it feel at all normal with the masks and all that or not? I think the new normal, right? I think the normal we've all kind of gotten used to now um, with being masked and and being conscious of being distanced from people, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that was very much normal. I would say the vibe overall was low key. Uh, for an industry that, um, you know, went through some huge challenges from the the last time we had an in-person G2E to now, uh, I I think everyone was very happy to be there. Um, And I mean that as in like, we're just happy to be here, right? We we went through some huge challenges. um, And I think we're happy to be able to see people in person again, maybe a different value on being able to do that, right? A different value on being able to shake hands with someone or fist bump them or elbow bump them or whatever they're comfortable with. Um, uh, In terms of, you know, in in terms of the, you know, the non-sports betting world, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was... uh, I wouldn't say it was the most revolutionary year, right? I think it was a year yeah. for more people just to get back out there and make connections again and not, you know, in terms of uh, product innovation. It wasn't something where I saw a lot that said to me, oh, yeah, we're really pushing forward right now, because really over the last 18 months, we've all just been trying to kind of, you know, tread water and keep up with everything that's going on unless yeah. you're in sports betting where everything is booming. Yeah, I'm with you, Adam. I mean, I, I you know, I've made it over there for a couple of meetings and stuff, but it was, it was one of the things where I had talked to the the people that I did have the meetings with who said, it basically looked like the 2019 show in there. And, and it makes sense, right? Because it's there. We, we lost a year and a half essentially of all of these things that were new and we're trying to get 
put out and things that were going to be in the works. Well, you know, we lost a year and a half of that. Right. And so it, there isn't anything really new to debut because the stuff that was supposedly going to be debuting in 2020 never got made in the first place or never really happened in the first place. And so it makes perfect sense to me, which is why I'm saying I think like next year will feel like a bit of a, you know, more of a real G2E and stuff. And one of the other things that was pointed out to me, which is just one of the, you know, we, we focus so much on the sports betting side of things, but on the gaming side of things, there, there's, you know, a lot of challenges that they work with as well is, you know, there's a lot of microchips that go into these slot machines and these various things that uh, you have to create and all that. And like, there's a microchip shortage. And so it was, they were talking about how we couldn't make new stuff right now, even if we wanted to, because you know, there's not, like not enough microchips to like do all of these things, which is why people are having trouble getting cars. People are having trouble getting playstations and Xboxes and stuff because they just can't make them because the, the, the microchips aren't there. So that was another one of the things that I found fairly interesting that, on top of not only, you know, the 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 workers having to work remotely and all that and not being able to be in plants and in offices and doing things like that, but just the actual hardware itself. You can't even get your hands on that to to try to make some things. Yeah, it's an excellent point. And I hadn't uh, I hadn't put two and two all the way together with that. But uh, that's a great, great way of looking at it. And look, more than anything else, when it comes to the sports betting side, if you're saying I didn't make it to G2E, what happened in terms of sports betting um, at G2E? I'm not going to tell you you didn't miss much in terms of news again, big air quotes. Um, but the relationship side, I think, was great because I ran into a number of folks that I didn't know for sure uh, were going to be there and, you know, just sort of renewed acquaintances. And, you know, some folks are living in new places, working for new companies and so on. And I'm just sort of catching up on it all because we've all been uh, inside our bubbles for so long. No, absolutely. So can't wait for next year. And again, if you're uh if you're if you're heading out there next year, come find all three of us. We'll we'll be there for sure. And if you want to be on the Megapod, just hit up Dustin because, you know, he'll coordinate all that stuff. We'll just throw that all on Dustin's plate. We'll, no, no worry for us. Um, so there is like, as, as uh, Adam said, been a couple of weeks here. So some of the stuff that happened uh, fairly interesting, fairly big. And certainly whenever we talk about the world of mergers and acquisitions and things that have been going on in the industry. You know, we we've mentioned DraftKings a ton. They've done a lot of a lot of that. They bought a bunch of different companies and has been a, a hot minute here. And so we get this news coming out that Intain had received a bid from DraftKings to be acquired. Now, if you remember, this is not the first time that this has happened with Intain. There was MGM trying to go ahead and acquire that arm of the business as well. But it's a little bit interesting now because Intain and MGM had a very close working business relationship. Now, the DraftKings bid is at least uh, had some people asking some questions, guys. Yeah, DraftKings didn't spend twenty-two billion dollars while we were gone on to to buy to buy something. Come on, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get the move on here. Uh, yeah, twenty-two billion dollar bid to take over the the company that over that uh that is a joint venture that works with BetMGM as a joint venture to provide that app. Uh, great piece, I think, since we last met uh, by Brad Allen on on why this makes zero sense from a financial standpoint. I think the newest news is uh the CEO of MGM actually said it would seek to get full control over BetMGM if this deal were to to go through. Um, there's lots of 
lots of wrangling. Uh, MGM insisted has it can it can say this goes through or not. It, may, it might just seek to to own its uh, its part of it and let DraftKings and and Entain move forward. Uh, obviously, it makes zero sense for DraftKings to own the platform on which it's one of its biggest rivals uh, is is certainly situated. So interesting times if this all goes through. But uh, I mean, the, the top level DraftKings still wants to spend lots of money in order to kind of take over the sports betting space. And this is about as big as it could possibly get other than like a merger with Flutter, I suppose. Yeah. So if you're, you know, Adam, if you're not familiar, if people out there with Intain, of course, this is a, a, I think the third different name that we've had of this company since we have been doing this podcast or whatever, but it is the the parent company of BWIN, the parent company of Ladbrokes, the parent company of Coral, this parent company of Party Poker, uh, Sporting Bet as well. There's a whole bunch of other casino brands that maybe you aren't familiar with that are that are located overseas, but uh, bingo, you know, online bingo, online casino. So it is a, while the name here might not necessarily be like, oh, oh, Intain or something like that. Like it is it is definitely a massive company. Absolutely. And it's another one of these situations where, you know, you look at DraftKings and say, where exactly is this money coming from? But you realize when you look at the deal, it's an all it's almost all stock, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, that they would be mm-hmm. offering um, and Tain's stock went up on the news. DraftKings stock ticked down a little bit uh, on that news. And the most interesting part, I think, is when you look at that twenty two billion dollar number, that is more than double. Uh, what MGM's last offer was uh, for Entain. So, you know, it certainly is a situation where revenue multiples are, but, you know, fairy dust in the wind right now, right? Like where where no one is really all that concerned about. And that actually was one of the interesting things in one of the panels I uh, sat in on at G2E with one of the gentlemen from uh, Credit Suisse was there and said, look, we're not at the point where we're looking at EBITDA yet. We're probably not even all that close, but Mm -hmm. the day is coming. The day is coming where we're going to have to see, you know, some earnings that, uh, you know, that support these ideas of valuation and revenue multiples that these things are, uh, you know, going for in M&A. Um, and of course, there aren't a lot of uh, there aren't a lot of cash positive companies in sports betting right now. So, you know, that's sort of uh, the interesting part when you see that twenty two billion dollar number is you just keep d- doing a little calculator in your head and saying how long before they're profitable. So right. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, some other some other DraftKings news that did happen, um, obviously much more minor than this, but they did announce a a full on new office building being built in in Las Vegas where they're going to take up, you know, 90,000 square feet of this new uh, mixed use area that's going to be happening kind of in southwest Las Vegas. Uh, and so it's going to include, you know, as we know, DraftKings has taken trading in house now. So there's going to be, a you know, 130 sports trading desks in there to go along with all of the other stuff, you know, the casino stuff and the casino side of things as well. So they're uh, they are they are planting some roots in Nevada as well. And apparently this will basically be about the same type of size and an operation that they've got going on over there in Boston as well. So um, just again, not not near on the on the acquiring intake, you know, putting in a bit doing acquire intake news, but some news nonetheless for them. Uh, their chief rival in FanDuel uh, has them a new boss man over there. 
They do. Uh, Amy Howe, who had been the interim CEO, has received the permanent job. Uh, Flutter announced that at the beginning of the week. Uh, Howe had come over from Ticketmaster a couple of years earlier as president, uh, previously a partner at McKinsey. I think the most interesting part, and this has been discussed a little bit on social media, is that someone who does not come from a traditional uh, gaming background, uh, but who does have a lot of experience mm. in transformation within companies, in M&A related ideas. And in her quote in the Flutter press release, it talked about making sure that we protect the embedded value of that company. And of course, uh, what happened when Matt King left this summer was the plans that Flutter had announced for potentially spinning off a piece of FanDuel in an IPO in the U.S. went on the shelf. So I think the natural question that comes along with this is, OK, you have a CEO back in place. You have a CEO who has some experience and expertise in these sort of matters. Uh, how long before we get the IPO back on the tracks again? Uh, and that seems to be the, the chatter that uh, we're trying to keep up with right now. Dustin, you mentioned uh, several times whenever all of this Florida stuff was going down that, yes, this seemed promising and yes, it is a real thing, but there are going to be tons and tons of lawsuits. And even though we did take a couple of week break here, nothing has changed. There's 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 lawsuits in Florida. There's there there's another one I think since last time we met there's been some hanging out there. Uh, uh, all of these seek to stop Florida sports betting as we sit here. We are in theory a week away from the date when the when the compact between the state and the Seminole tribe said that sports betting could launch. I don't think we're going to have sports betting in Florida next week. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam can tell me differently, but I, I, uh, there is nothing indicating to me that we're anywhere clo- close to launch. There's the there's the the the, uh, the the specter of these lawsuits hanging over things that that may or may not shut it down. Uh, don't don't know whether Hard Rock Digital, which is the digital arm of of the Seminole Tribe and uh, op- already operates sports betting in some states, is ready for a Florida launch. Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, I don't think we've ever gotten this close to a legislative or regulatory deadline and said, well, I don't know, uh, but I, I could pretty I think I could safely bet the over on October 15th, which was the date. Uh, put out there for Florida sports betting uh, in the compact. And I, I don't think we're going to see, uh, I guess maybe we could see a retail sports book crop up out of nowhere, but I don't think we're going to see that. We're cer- I don't certainly don't think we're going to see an online sports book from hard rock uh, by next week. Adam, most of these other States, whenever we're kind of like looking towards a launch and everything we get, we get super excited about it. And it seems like with Florida, it was one of those where we never really got incredibly excited. <laughs> it was like, we were like, eh, hey, yeah, you know, I'm lukewarm on this at best. Well, we had reason for that because <laughs> when the compacts were being approved by the legislature, there were legislators just basically saying, yeah, we're going to sign off on what's here. We know it's going to end up in court anyway. <laughs> uh, right. So it, it's ended up in state court. It's ended up in federal court. Uh, there are three suits right now that are hanging out there um, in asking around. I, I do think there's at least a temporary delay um, in terms of maybe pushing back a few weeks uh, on that launch. But, you know, <sighs> One lawsuit would have some issues with even a retail launch. So, you know, there could be the parties getting together and saying, let's see if we can work something out. We'll extend the deadline out together uh, before having to go to the courts and do it. But um, the next filing date is coming up. Let me check my calendar here. right after the long weekend. So, you know, we're going to have some more answers early next week, as you would expect with the launch date being on the 15th. 
So uh, Connecticut, I know I had some people tweeting at me and they were none too pleased with some news that it looks like they are going to have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, not much longer. Um, This is more a crossing T's and dotting I's situation in Connecticut. Now, we've had retail sports books open in Connecticut. So if you ask the broad question, is it legal? Yes, it's legal. It's active. You can go to Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun and wager on sports. Now, in terms of getting mobile, that launched. It was actually supposed to be today. Uh, it likely will be next week and it the very worst the week after uh, for Connecticut to have online sports betting, mobile sports betting available via DraftKings and FanDuel might be a little bit longer for the lottery with Rust Street Interactive uh, to get their product together. So one way or the other, I would not expect to get out of the month of October without having legal mobile sports betting in Connecticut. There we go. See, I will be able to tell the people who tweeted at me saying, and they were so bummed out. They were just like, oh, come on, really? Is this really going to happen? I will let them know that my friend Adam Candy says, you don't have to wait that much longer. It's coming to you. Don't you worry. About oh, yes. Oh, I mean, listen, if there's anything, the LSR podcast is always here for it's sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> and finally, guys, uh, listen, Louisiana, I told Adam in a in a private message, I would have lost an incredible amount of money if uh, someone would have said, tell me the company that's going to take the first legal bets in Louisiana. I would have lost all the money, actually, because I would have made at least six bets before I got to this company. Uh, some we're, we're legal in Louisiana right now. I'll take over on six. I'm not sure. Did you even know this sports book existed? Be, 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 be I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, bet, pro- probably not. Yeah. So, so probably bet, bet Fred took, yeah. Bet Fred took the, uh, first bet at a, uh, a retail sports book, Paragon casino resort. Have you ever been there, Matt? I have not. I've driven past it. If that counts does not count but uh doesn't count all right yeah uh, all right, but that's but yeah. the so this is on it's on tribal land so the, as we know from uh, other places uh, there's uh, a me too provision that whatever the state legalizes tribes can do uh so they they actually beat uh any of the state regulated <laughs> uh sports books to to fruition and so yeah there's a there were bets placed at uh at betfred sports at paragon casino resort in louisiana so we can add that uh, in addition to connecticut to places with sports betting live still waiting on the online portion of this as well but you know we're not sure on the on the timeline of that that's obviously what everybody's more excited about but you can drive somewhere in louisiana and place a bet now and adam they are they are still last that we have heard they are still trying to fast track this and still have a goal of football season correct They do. Uh, And uh, the top gaming regulator in Louisiana has been talking to our Pat Evans about what's happening. And everything was slowed down by Hurricane Ida because Mm -hmm. it is the Louisiana State Police that do the background investigations on those applicants for sports betting licenses. And so they've obviously had much bigger issues to be dealing with uh, than getting sports betting applications processed. Now, those are back in process again they are being worked on quickly uh i think football season is absolutely a realistic goal for seeing more uh in louisiana um could it be the end of this month could it be the middle of next month uh you know i think that's probably a couple of realistic ways of looking at it 
There are a couple of great opinion pieces up over at LSR as well, including another piece that uh, I, I really enjoyed about just a look at which states are, are really fueling the growth here of sports betting during the NFL season so far. We're a month in, obviously a small sample size, but a really insightful piece as well there. So be sure and head over to LSR and take in all of the other great work that Adam and team is getting done over there for sure. And again, we are uh, we're back in the saddle, guys glad to be back and looking forward to uh, rattling out tons more of these things with a ton more news because I imagine it's going to pick up here pretty rapidly as well. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.